0: Sheer, there you go.: Sheer That's embarrassment. Terrible. So we can actually start it all over again, hey, take two And Welcome to the virtual gathering of the Camels Vineyard. We need to hire a tech team. Where is that guy anyways? Welcome here to our home, Barton Hartfield. I think we were saying that. If you're a lip reader, you could have said you could have heard everything that we were saying, you could have figured that out, deciphered it, or whatever. And I asked you, how are you doing?" And you said,
1: I said. Boy, do I feel tired these days.
0: Yeah, and I think that's where I got into the conversation and said, you know, we'd, we'd had a meeting with uh, the with regional team here from the BC Vineyard and, and Don Humphrey, who's really well connected with, uh, with uh, churches in the mainland and other groups. Uh, one of the things they've been talking about that pastors are suffering, that I think that we're all suffering, is just like fatigue. Yeah. And they're, they're calling it like COVID re- fatigue, you know. And I guess it's a sense that, you know, that we're, we're really not resting as we should be. You know, there's always that sense that there's something more we should be doing. And uh, maybe this is a really good message for today, just talking about that. Uh, we'd be talking from real life <laughs> experience, you know. Uh, are you guys feeling COVID fatigue? Maybe you are. Maybe you didn't know you had that. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I don't know.
0: Yeah, so listen, it's uh, this Sunday offers us um, a, a platform, so to speak, to wel- sort of welcome in a, a whole new year, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah, Happy
0: New Year. And uh, uh, I know Bonnie got a chance to, to address us last week, and uh, that was great. She that just got great, to roll yeah. in here and sit down in the seat, and we turned things on, and they mostly worked. <laughs> <laughs> But it, this really provides us for, uh, a, a, you know, as I say, it's a bit of a platform, somewhere to restart um, what has really been uh, like uh, just a year like nothing we've ever experienced before. Uh, that's not to say we haven't experienced some setbacks in years, right? Yes. I think if, if, you know, if you've lived long enough, you, you know that what tough years can look like. Um, But I I was thinking about this, and I was was reminded about those winter storms that used to settle in on us on the West Coast when we lived in Campbell River on Vancouver Island. Do you remember those storms that would move in?
1: I remember uh, when I was working at the bank, I thought, man, we get a lot of rain here. (laughs) And so I said, I'm going to go buy one of those $2 and something little plastic hats. And boy, they said, don't you dare.
0: said, you're too
1: young to be wearing hats like that. Too young
0: to be wearing... Are you old enough now to be wearing <laughs> I hats I think like? I
1: am. But we don't get rain here, so I don't
0: <laughs> I remember those hats when my grandmother wore them. They, they're actually quite... They make they a lot were. of sense now, yeah? They're, they're, they're cheap. Rain boots, galoshes. I mean, we had it all going on, and I had a rain suit that I needed for the West Coast. Yeah. I remember the first rainfall we had here in Kamloops when we, when we first arrived here. It was like June, I think, July, and it was actually quite moist for lips and people kept apologizing to us for all the rain we were getting. We would just laugh. (laughs) This is not rain. This is not rain at all. But but I've been thinking. I've been thinking about those storms that rolled in. And that last season that we were in Campbell River, we had, uh, it presented not less than 13 back-to-back hard-hitting winter storms, like one after the other. And typically those storms would last like a day and a half or two. And they just kept rolling in over top of one another, like, um, and they you know they presented as some serious storms, right? Yeah. Well, 2021 came rolling in like another storm. <laughs> <laughs> of course, none of you've been following yeah, the. Yeah, poll- we
1: didn't need a rain hat. We just need to stay in our houses.
0: Oh uh, yeah, you know, yeah. If you're, yeah, it's still you know the the, the obvious you know thing that we're going through now is, is we talked about in absolute silence because we didn't have our sound correctly turned on. (laughs) The most obvious was being that uh, it's been the undermining effects of COVID-19 and the resulting lockdowns and restrictions uh, that are wearing on us. They're wearing on the world's social and our mental well-being. There's far more conversations just going on about that. I mean, I can't turn on my iPad without my CBC app reminding me night after night that the COVID numbers continue to climb. I'm, I'm like, maybe this thing is stuck, because it's the same announcement every time I open my iPad. Any of you guys got that thing going on? And now I'm actually laughing at it every time it comes up. I mean, I shouldn't laugh, but I, I'm i thinking this is just ridiculous. But, but listen, um, but if the church's century-long practice of Advent and... And the resulting Christmas celebration has reminded us of anything, and we took the really the whole month, the end of November through to December, to to practice Advent, um, and then to you know to that culminated in the Christmas celebration. That reminds us that God is faithfully at work in us and in the world. I mean, that's what those those stories continue to remind me. Is there anything that kind of leapt out? And you think, i No <laughs> not at all, I'm not giving anything up. Okay. <laughs> and, and part of that, you know, part of that Advent message was that he's, he's already come. And in effect, he's, he's here, but he's coming again soon, one day. He said soon.
1: He said soon, <laughs> and I see a lot of people saying, please?
0: <laughs> that idea soon. Like, soon, Jesus? Um, I'm okay with his timing. I'm okay with his timing. Good. So in in Paul's letter to the church in Galatia, the apostle reminds this, and and it sort of comes spinning out of chapters four and one, just the whole letter. I I was poking around through that all week. But um, before Christ came, um, Paul writes, before Christ came, we were like children. And that we were slave to the basic spiritual practices and principles of this world. But when the right time, I mean exactly at the right time, and sometimes the, the word uses in the fullness of time, God acted. Yeah, God sent his son, born of a woman. Um, now, at the opening of that letter says that Jesus gave his life for our sins just as God our Father had planned in order to rescue us, from this evil world in which we still live. he it, it didn't mean that he suddenly snapped us up and out of this world, but living underneath this world and being subject to this world in the ways that we have been. God has rescued us from that. And then he, and you know, Christ showed us the way. Christ came to, to rescue people out of that camp, to captivity. And he sends us out to do the same. Christ came to buy freedom for everyone who was enslaved to sin and to the power of the law, so that he could adopt us as his very own. He he took us out of of a legal relationship over over a cause and effect kind of relationship. If you do this, I'll do this for you. He he rescued us from all of that, everything that was dependent on ourselves, and, and adopted us as his very own. He brought us, it means he brought us into relationship. I mean, that's good news, right?
1: It's good news. I'm just thinking of, I've been doing puzzles.
0: Puzzles. And you I say to Andrew, puzzles.
1: if you find me six pieces, you can have this. I should probably just give him this. Yeah, just... Be, have the bonus if he decides to help because. me. Just
0: because, is he going to get pizza tonight? Or are we, he gets pizza. He gets pizza tonight. We'd, we'd kind of held out the pizza <laughs> card to him to help us with technology. <laughs> As you see, we probably really needed it. But listen, we're not like children without a father who would love us, but we but we have a father who love us. We have been fully welcomed in as his children and filled with the spirit of his son in our hearts. That's how, how Paul kind of says that to the Galatians in his letter. Today and since the time of Christ's birth, since his crucifixion unto death and his physical uh, resurrection and his ascension into heaven um, we have been experiencing that rule uh, his rule his presence and the power of God's kingdom at work in our lives and breaking into this world the problem is that when we see it it doesn't quite look like what we well know. we
1: would like it to look
0: what well, like we would like it to sometimes like. think like I'll often like to say it's better The narrative is better, but it's usually a longer narrative and a longer story and much more entwined than we realized. It should come as no surprise, but there are powers that are at work in this world who oppose Jesus, who oppose God's rule, and there is this odd, old, menacing nature in our flesh from time to time Maybe you've noticed it in me from time to time. Oh, David. No. Oh, no, never. Never. But it, it, it's still holding out for control. Like, there is a part of us that still wants to control the destiny of our life. I mean, that, that need or that want is, is as old as the original sin, right? I mean, it's as Adam's as fall from the garden. Um, as we slip back into the work of the church through this week... Um, uh, and as I have been considering sort of the footing or the base for our year that's ahead of us, I have had an unshakable reminder from Paul about the n- new nature of our lives, uh, and and a testimony that undergirds everything. It's you know we we can sit here and talk, you know, till the cows come home or whatever that expression <laughs> is, um, uh, but. But there, there ought to be this evidence in our lives, and I've often jokingly quoted Alice Cooper's, you know, famous line, right? Your life is your testimony. Remember that one? I love that. I love that line, and I love that it came from Alice Cooper, who borrowed it from whoever he borrowed it from. But. But Paul is is talking about this new nature of our lives and a a testimony that undergirds everything from our faith. It it comes uh, from the fifth chapter of Paul's letter to the Galatians, and this is where I've been finding my heart and my mind settling uh, through this week, and uh, it begins with this crucial truth um, in Galatians uh, chapter 5, verse 1, Christ has set us free. Yeah. Yay right? Um, Sometimes, and, and then he charges us to stand firm in that knowledge. Like, stand firm in it. And he reduces everything of our lives and of our witness to this headline of truth. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Um, when you think about that saying, I mean, that is like, for me, that is a reflection of, of everything that God is and has done and will continue to do in this world and in our lives.
1: Right? Yeah, because God, God is love, abso- right?
0: Absolutely. Well, absolutely. But, but yeah. you know, so in my mind's eye, I, I see this like a memorial of stones, so to speak. You remember um, out of the book of Joshua when yeah. God's people came into the land. It said God divided the the Jordan River so that Israel could cross over on dry land and into the promised land that he had promised to their, the patriarchs, to their forefathers. And he instructed Joshua to take 12 stones from the dry riverbed and carry them into Canaan and set them up, pile them up as a memorial. 12 stones for the 12 tribes of Israel. Israel yeah. Right? The purpose was to help remind multiplied, not just themselves, but multiplied generation about God's power in his deliverance. And as we cross over into this new year, I want us to build a monument of sorts that reminds us about this very same thing, about the thing that I've said, that the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. I'm, you know, that's, that, that would be like a kind of, of ism or a or saying that, that I would love us to hang on everything that we consider doing and that we do through this year. Right? right? That, that everything that we do would be hung on this principle, that everything about our faith being expressed, the only thing that counts is that it's expressed through love. Um, yeah. So, you know, so this is kind of where we get into a, a bit of a question. Uh, there's a question to be asked. So, so, what about this thing of God's love? Uh, uh, is, that, is, this, is it something that you can detect in yourselves or that others can detect in you? It should be. <laughs> it should be, but, but really, is, is Actually, it? Actually,
1: sometimes we don't even it see it in ourselves, but other people see it in us
0: yeah I mean, hence the body of christ right they they enable us to see some things about ourselves, and um sometimes even the people that we live in greatest opposition to, yeah often right you know, because then you have those like biting indicting challenges of Jesus to love your enemy, oh, you know, don't be just kind to him but but learn to love him right, to serve out of that place um it is God's love, is a marker stone in your life and in your faith witness? So think about both your life and then in your witness to the things of God. Uh, is that a marker stone? And and then this other question I have for you. Uh, how intentional are we being, and I, I'm thinking, that, and you being, um, in pursuing this? Like, do you think this is something that we how how would it. you pursue it? Oh man, you're going to turn the question back on me.
1: <laughs> That's quicker than you asking me.
0: Well, here's the short narrative for that one uh, thing um, we find it in, in Christ, right? Mm-hmm. That there, there is a, a quality of being in Christ, in Him, in you, that you exchange. That really—that's the miracle that that actually happens. It's the—it's the thing that comes out of the new heart that He puts in us, the new spirit that He puts in us. It's uh, He's the source. So we—we, you know, we've got—are we in a position in a place? And we'll talk about this uh, towards the end of our talk today. Are we in a place where we're really uh, pursuing Him? And really, it be—it's I, I see love as something to be pursued, but it's a byproduct of our relationship with him. Um but we're gonna find some things out about ourselves when we're with others. I've kind of always suggested that. Um if you wanna know what's on your heart, I would often say, well, if you want to ever know what's on your heart, uh when you're in the heat of it, uh just measure the words that are coming out of your mouth. It's <laughs> <laughs> like uh you know, uh yeah. And listen, and this is where, yeah, it continues to get personal. Thanks for the question. That's great. You just turned it all back on me. Uh, (laughs) But i got to be honest with you. uh, When I'm going through particularly difficult uh, personal and relational challenges, um, maybe I'm the only one that ever suffers that. I don't know. But... uh, uh, these questions that I have just alluded to they can wake me up through the night right and roll around in my thoughts and and then I would say and eventually to my prayers you know I'm, I should be quicker to pray but sometimes it feels like quite a labor to process Where where is all this stuff coming from um, Deb you've been you've been spending a You've been actually spending some time um, learning some things, like uh, yeah, online. Been,
1: I'm in the second uh, set of lessons of this thing called Elijah House, uh, prayer council, just... Um,
0: training uh, up, right? Training up. So yeah. just
1: kind of just showing me why people sometimes act the way they act, sometimes what's going on deeper than the surface You know, in people's lives. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's been really interesting. I have to tell you, it's given me a lot more grace to dare to pray into... Not making an assessment right off the bat, but uh, so not
0: judging people.
1: I wouldn't use that word.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, (laughs) that
1: seems heavier. (laughs) That seems kind of
0: heavy. Yeah, it sounds
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. We can be quick to make an assessment of a person and their character, but yeah,
0: okay, right.
1: You know, including their mood swings. But what's what's going on deeper? Why why is that? You know, and especially if it's not a one-off. Why? Why is that being triggered?
0: I mean, part of the ministry too is like looking at your own oh, stuff too, Oh boy, has
1: right? it been stirring me up too? Just going.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the the gory and the glory of, of I'm these kinds of ministries. Yeah, I'm thankful. Yeah, yeah. So isn't that funny? So we 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 go to be a help for others, and in turn we end up having this the light turned on us and isn't that so often how but that's that's when we go God deeper works. Yep. with
1: with him. Yeah. He will. I mean you can't you can, but you can't effectively uh minister, I think, to your fullness, to other people, to love on people if you're burying your own stuff. Like, yeah. Yeah, we have to be open. Yep. You know, as we invite God in deeper to go deeper and be okay with that.
0: Be okay. So, you know, we've been having some like very, um, like, some good conversations. That uh, um, one of these, one of these conversations we had around was uh, this whole issue of, of a spiritual slumber. You know, we've, I think, since back in November, probably I'm thinking back to a sermon series that I was doing back then. Um, We're really I really felt a prompting by the Spirit to um, to announce, to call up people out of out of a deep sleep in area, and, um, and, it, and it, you know we you know we've used that expression as sort of a spiritual slumber, but it, it uh, you've been learning some things about just even spiritual slumber and the, and the nature and way that we approach it. I'm just wondering if there's wow. some. Well, just you want to share
1: there. You know, I've heard the word often in my ears. You know, wake up, church! The church is sleeping. Blah 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 blah. Keep, but um, yeah, yeah, very quick to say, oh, there's a spirit, a a slumbering spirit. Yeah, but a lot of that is attached to you know growing up. Sometimes as you get older, but things that have happened to you that you've just had to shut down for safety. Yeah. You had to cool. shut your heart down because you couldn't dare let anybody go deeper. But um, but just, yeah, there's parts of us that just, we need, there's awakening up because there's a need to actually love or allowed to be loved. But just, yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty, it's a lot deeper and and it's not a formula that, you know, but, you know, sometimes it just, you know, sometimes a really raw word to you as a child can shut you down from actually being alive to the word because, you know, you just, you, you shut down parts of your emotion.
0: And yeah. And in a time, I mean, there can be portions of us that come into agreement with those things too. Well, right? you
1: do. You end up making vows. I will. I will not be allow myself to be vulnerable. I won't read out loud because you already told me I'm stupid and I can't read anyhow. Or I won't. But they they no. they, they stick with you, and no. the, it's um, yeah, it's real. And we just the importance of recognizing, like, if you see a pattern in your life. Um, look at that pattern and say why and dare to invite god in to show you why and i bet he will show you the root of that and then you just walk through asking god to forgive you for just your your vows or whatever
0: yeah just whatever he's revealed um so it's pretty
1: deep and it's it's good to pray with yeah and it's not
0: something we're going to explore in a huge depth today but guarantee, spending time with God and, and pursuing Him, which is a bit of our other story here that we're going to share here today, um, will raise issues in the heart, right? We say that we're all in, but there are areas in us that still need that, need that healing. I love what the Elijah House says, that there's still areas in us that need to be evangelized. Yeah, wake up. Yeah, and evangelism is like we still need there it's good news. Like the good news still needs to to get into every part of our lives, right? And uh and that's exactly what Jesus wants to do with this. And you know, what I loved about it in you know, this conversation is we talked about the how critical it was for us to be patient with ourselves and with others, with one another, right? You know, that uh, that it can't always end you know, the, I think that it, it's it. It's more. It's more often than true enough that it. This thing is going to. Generally, healing takes time, right?
1: Healing takes time. It takes. Yeah. Healthy relationships in your life to right love you. Yeah. Through the process. We need healthy people in our lives. I mean, own, that's so what's. You need know, one another. That's what I've had. I've had healthy friends in my life who. You know,
0: gently and lovingly speak truth. <laughs> yeah, you enough to. Speak or by truth.
1: example.
0: Or by example. There yeah. you go. And as is so often, I mean, Jesus lived intimately with his guys for three years. Like he. Yeah. Like they slept together, they ate together, they traveled together, they ministered together, uh, they laughed together. Uh, I'm sure they cried together, and and there were times when he had to tune them up, <laughs> tune the boys up. Uh, uh, you know, a lot of hard questions being answered. Um, but it can't be just reduced down to simply casting out a spirit. It, that can be part of it. It can
1: of, be there, and but, yeah, lots but, of times, not necessarily.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. so power encounter, of course. But the process of waking up uh, can and typically takes time. Uh, you know, I, uh, I, I still remember uh, such a, a good, good friend of ours, and I won't go into names, who's who for years uh, had experienced, um, had been involved with hardcore drug-taking, but was what you'd call a functional addict, was a high-functioning addict, and, and, and addicted. And he had an experience with the Lord that just in an instant, overnight, changed him. But there we were 20 years later, um, going through a, 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 like a 12 Christian 12-step program, where healing was just beginning to really come into areas of his life, that was all around how he got there in the first place, right? Around the pains in his life, uh, yeah. So I mean, we can be high functioning and carrying on, but still. Can these you things. imagine
1: <laughs> if the day we say, "Yes, Jesus, come into our life," if He dump loaded everything at one moment at our feet? Yeah, it would be too overwhelming. Too. It's called a lot of people liken it like an onion. You know, God takes its layers, you know, yeah. and, you know what, till the day you and I go be with Jesus, hey, we're still, I'm sure, on our deathbed, we'll be another <laughs> no, Pro- onion, for processing. me anyhow, another onion layer here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Something more that God's uh, processing with us. And you know, the truth is, is he's loved us all along the way. Uh, so transformation and love uh, comes in and through relationship, um, Loving ourselves, loving others, mm-hmm. right um you know and 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 you know one of the other things that's come out of our conversations around this about being that kind of community and and just looking at the holistic effect of of really being a community that uh is is growing in their relationship with christ and 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 moving people along uh in terms of their maturity uh, is this whole you know people need to belong, you know, yeah, there's this whole essence of. Of, of a you know holy family that Jesus calls us to, this place where we find acceptance and forgiveness. That's
1: what I miss about uh, the shutdown is connection with people.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah, that's hugely yeah. I miss. Well, that's that's it's crazy, right? Because like, yeah. we are uh, to use a word that I've been using lately. We are so tactile. In other words, we need we need touch. Ah! <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, we need touch. Um, <laughs> And and there is a power that we carry in us that that is relatable through touch. Now, I've been, as I said earlier on, I've been praying for a holy grace that would allow us to be able to uh, witness and see the the Spirit moving, uh, you know, through online connections, through whatever we're doing, and we're seeing God answer and do some amazing things. But we so miss being with one another. Uh, and on you know, the other one, the one other thing that comes out of community and being together is this uh that it's also a place of confession like um it's a place like we're forgiven christ is already forgiven us but there is a holy transaction that takes place when when we confess our sins one to another and we pray for healing James mm-hmm. says that you know that this is is part of the process anoint with oil um you know confess your sins and then call on the elders to pray for healing so there's this, there's something beautiful that happens in the body of Christ in and through all these things. So, in this year, um, this is you know kind of the leapfrog to what uh, we want to share is. In this year, we're going to be inviting all of you uh, uh, to join us in an online discipleship course. Um, it's designed to help us all uh, experience a renewed faith and and uh, stirring an authentic hunger uh, for God. Um, it's authored, it's hosted, and you've heard me speak from this 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 guy quite a few times. Um, he's been one of my go-to guys, certainly if I've aligned myself with anything, to use that word, um, if I've aligned myself with some things. Pete Scazzaro is one of those guys that I've aligned my two. He's a pastor, he's an author, uh, and he has a ministry called Emotionally Healthy uh, relationships or, or spirituality. spirituality yeah. yeah, But he's got a course uh, that we're wanting to take on. It's like almost like part two for us. Uh, last year, 16 of us gathered in person. <laughs> Boy, now I'm savoring that uh, to work through an introduction of his training. And this, this year, we want to meet online and work through another segment of that training. Now, you don't have to have taking the other training to do this training I, I need to spell that out I have to tell
1: you too this is easier we don't have a book to read Last oh. time we had to read a book.
0: Oh, did we? This time okay. we still,
1: there's a uh, workbook as well as a daily devotional. Oh, good for
0: us. Okay, well, there you go. So, the, yeah, she thinks it's going to be less work. I'm not convinced. But anyways, uh, yeah, this year we want to we want to meet online and work through another segment of this training. Emotional Healthy Relationship is designed to deepen our personal and firsthand relationship with Jesus, as well as to empower, to equip us with some basic tools uh, for our relationship with one another,
1: it's really good.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, we, yeah, and uh, uh, yeah, like there's stuff that we all need to work on. Uh, and so, why do this? Because loving God and loving people is, as Jesus shared, it's inseparable. Like the two go hand in hand. Um, uh, everything of our faith and light witness actually hangs on these two principles, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and Strength and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Everything hangs on these things, and in fact, it gets reduced down to one of the letters that that it actually hangs on—loving your neighbor. Like that, all, <laughs> I think. How can we make this even simpler for you guys? Have you learned to love one another? Um, you know, if, if you you know if you think you're anything in the faith, take what, what's it look like? What's your relationship with others look like? Wow, that is like really. Uh, so when we're doing this, we're going to be uh, we're going we're thinking about looking we're looking at committing to the second uh, Thursday in February is what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, that gives us a chance to um, a, to dive into this uh, uh, eight week course, right? Um, and it gives us an opportunity to pick up some of the materials that we're going to need. We're going to need a, a emotional healthy relationships handbook that you think is going to be so easy.
1: Well, I didn't of, say it's easy. I just it's, it's an good thing to do, not reading a book.
0: Okay. Yeah, so there's some exercises. Yeah, a little bit. There's actually a little bit. Okay, better.
1: at the end of this, let's uh, yeah. have a questionnaire and see how easy that is. <laughs> is this
0: easier or not? Because I'm going to still invite you back to part one afterwards. Uh, and then there's a corresponding um, uh, healthy relationships day by day devotional. It's a daily office um, uh, so it's it's learning to practice daily office in our life, and and Pete and Jerry Skizur, uh, would say, like, like this is some of the most important thing that you'll do uh, mm-hmm. during the time of this course is is learning to still yourself to be quiet before the Lord and to exercise what they call like a daily office. You of know, and time. I've
1: chatted with um, different people and. Mm uh perception that like what they teach here is learning to actually be totally quiet don't be shooting out oh, prayers to god don't have your little list of uh uh the sissus, whatever um yeah. but it's learning just to actually be still yeah. like that's uh, can be tough
0: <laughs> it can be tough being Even still the other
1: day i think back uh it was midday, and it was 11. I thought, oh, I should finally have my shower and get dressed. And so I was in the bedroom, and I went, no, I shouldn't. I should actually go have a hot tub by myself, me and God. So
0: You and God had a hot tub? Oh, it
1: was so nice. Midday, it was <laughs> cold outside, but the hot tub was beautiful, and I just sat mm. in there and just... I even actually turned the the jets off so I could just have absolute silence, and it was... Just precious. It was good.
0: Well, that is one thing about COVID. is quieter <laughs> <laughs> outside. Uh, but listen, we're going to leave it there because uh, there's more information we're going to be yeah. pushing out uh, through VineLine and and on Facebook, um, certainly to people through the and day, everybody. Next week you're or two. welcome. Yeah, so. it's all in. It's all in, and we'll figure out how to make make it fit for everybody that joins. I and mean, we're hoping we got a good crew that want to jump in. Um, Speaking of hot tubs, yeah, jumping in, right? So, Debbie, you and I have been on a on an eight-week journey through an earlier publication of Pete Scazzaro, right? Mm-hmm. You've been faithfully reading that? Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, so we found ourselves, uh, I found myself sort of ruminating over a crucial piece of Jesus' teaching and interaction with his disciples. Um, because it reveals... Uh, uh, an important tension, and I, I think I was starting to allude to this earlier on, of our journey with Jesus. Um, and we thought it would be just a, a great scripture to sort of finish off this afternoon and, yeah, I don't know, just give us a couple of other things to, mm-hmm. to brood over, right? So you're going to... Oh, I like it
1: to up. read the scriptures. Yeah, you do. Woo-hoo.
0: Isn't that exciting?
1: You took over the first set.
0: Well, I needed to do that for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> emphasis. Emphasis.
1: Okay. This is Matthew sixteen, verses twenty-one to twenty-eight. What does NT Wright mean?
0: Well, it's N.T. Wright's sort of version of
1: Okay, so it's uh
0: It's his filled with his language and colloquials. Okay. okay. There we yeah, can. there you
1: go. So from then on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he would have to go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders, chief priests, and scribes and be killed and be raised up on the third day. Peter took him and began to tell him off. That's the last thing God would want, Master, he said. That's never ever going to happen to you. (laughs) Jesus turned to Peter, get behind me, Satan. He says, you're trying to trip me up. You're not looking at the things like God does. You're looking at things like a mere mortal. Then Jesus said to the disciples, If anyone wants to come after me, they must give themselves up and pick up their cross and follow me. Yes, if someone wants to save their life, they must lose it. And if anybody loses their life for my sake, they will find it.
0: And we're going to end it there. And we'll go to 28. That's a pretty, that's... (laughs) That is a pretty wild story. And, and, yeah, to not frame it around all the things that have been going on there. I'm sure I wore you out talking about how that, that story was framed.
1: I was learning one of your gifts of tuning out. <laughs>
0: oh, oh, man.
1: <laughs> Just kidding. Jeez.
0: <laughs> yeah, I should get you to recall. Now I want you to recall word for word what I told you. <laughs> So listen, you know, so I, as I often do, even when I read devotionals. Oh, I love you. Yeah, I love you too. <laughs> yeah, I, Often when I read devotionals or I'm reading the Word, I can't help myself. I love to get into sort of the context and the history of things. So there's just, there's just a little bit of that in this. Um, but what we've really done is we've sort of captured... Um, uh, what this sample devotion from Pete Scazzaro of a number of years back uh, presented for this, and and as Pete often does, he thoughtfully will recount some of the authors that he's chosen uh, to speak on a certain thing. And so there's some of that of Pete's in here, and there's some of mine. Okay, because I can't help myself. <laughs>
1: um, That's
0: okay. So it, one of the one of the one of the characters that Pete. Um, quotes from in this, in that study. And, and you should remember that, right? Uh, it's this, it's this, uh, a, a fellow by the name of Leighton Ford. It's actually like Dr. Leighton Ford. And, and the doc is, he's actually a Canadian, he's a Canadian. He's a 90 year old Canadian pastor in author. Uh, um, and I said to you, like, as an aside, like none of this is covered in the book, but, but Layton Leighton Ford was a, he married uh, Billy Graham's uh, sister Jean
1: well, that's what you were talking
0: about right? that's what that's what I was talking I about you. I love this guy <laughs> and and like he worked for 30 years with Billy Graham and and there's a beautiful little anecdotal story that I shared with you that I promised to leave out of this um, but he right Leighton Ford writes he says I, I can mistake the flow of my adrenaline for the moving of the Holy Spirit which I think wow okay there's a statement Moreover, I can live in the illusion that I am ultimately in control of my destiny and my daily affairs. Hmm. Like, there is stuff that we can do that we take on in and of ourselves. Yeah. Um, and Ford went on, he goes on to share something else. He says that choosing stillness, or choosing to be still, to silence ourselves, um, it shifts our need... In, shifts us away from our need and our compulsion to always be doing and and it allows God to break through the multiplied layers that we use to protect ourselves Hmm. which kind of gets back to some of the conversation we were having about you know being patient being kind Um, you know we are we are yeah we're unique little vessels with all kinds of things that have that um that we've employed through life to, you know, to stay secure, right? Yeah. Stay happy. There's ways of coping mechanisms that uh, that we find out actually don't work anymore, and so even some of our religious activity, right? You know, doing all the right things, pressing all the right people. Like God begins to undermine some of that stuff, uh, as He did with Peter, in this text. He begins to underline things and show things to us. Um, yeah, Ford says that choosing stillness, he says, allows us to truly hear his written and his spoken word. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's something about the word of God that we read and the voice of God that we hear. Um, for some, you know, select few and a select times, I can remember actually hearing an audible word. Um, mostly it's this voice within, right, mm-hmm. where Christ lives uh, that is speaking to us. Eugene Peterson writes, uh, this, he didn't, you know, quite write all this and and this, but I, I'll employ it. Peterson writes, busyness is an enemy of spirituality. <laughs> She's giving me the luck, because I am in trouble for this. I, I confess it, it's true. Um, and he, he just goes on, and I said, man, this has been hard to read today, Deb, and I shared that with her earlier, but he, he went on to say that busyness is an outrageous scandal. It's a blasphemous betrayal of doing the harder work of looking and listening for God. <laughs> See, stop it. You got that look going on. It's right. In the same way from Mark, Jesus has pivoted here, Right? On this story, Mark tells the same story in a slightly different way. But in the story from Mark, Jesus pivots to teach his disciples something new. Um, um, You know, facing danger and opposition—that wasn't a new thing in that time for them. No, we—you know—we got to remember that this was not like a cakewalk in the time that Jesus came and what he walked into. Uh, in the lives of the dis- disciples were living up to that time. They understood this, but still, you know, think of them still standing in the shadows of countless Roman crosses that lined the roads to many of the cities. Mm-hmm. And consider the, the beheading of the great prophet John the Baptizer who had prepared the way for Jesus' coming. Their, their ministry is amping up. This is what they're walking to. And they understood full well the peril that awaited them. But, you know, what we haven't read in this, this particular story, and that if, if you're familiar with um, this gospel narrative here, just prior to you know, the scriptures that you read here uh, this afternoon, uh, Peter has had this amazing revelation that Jesus is the Son of God. He's the Messiah. He's just had this great revelation. The Father's showing it to him and, and Jesus has just praised him up and said, hey, I'm telling you, the Father has shown this. He was super delighted in Peter and Peter are all excited about himself. Now here's this grand narrative and speech from Jesus. He's basically saying the time's come. I'm going to start proclaiming that I'm the Messiah and it is going to raise the heads and the opposition from every religious leader through like it's it's common and uh and then he has to pivot and turn but once they began to declare jesus as messiah everything was going to shift um but it was peter who had heard the revelation from the father and the problem was is that he peter in hearing that revelation he he had no grid for the way in which God was going to come and save the world. Jesus came to go to the cross. That's Elsewhere in the Gospels, he says, that's why I've come. He came to go to the cross. Um, and the kingdom's going to come through his own suffering, through his own death, and then through his triumphant resurrection into new life. That's basically what this text says. Shares with us they they couldn't hear that because they'd heard the part about him being persecuted and suffering and then resurrection what 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 is he talking about and then jesus said to his disciples if anyone wants to come after me they must give themselves up give up you got to give up give yourself up <laughs> and pick up your own cross and follow me Um, But before he could summon his disciples to follow him, Jesus had to address the anxiety that is on Peter's heart. The nature of all the doubts that wars against all of us. That old nature wants to control all the scenarios in our lives and and in this world. And right now we're not Having such a good time trying to control all those scenarios, right? Oh, you can't. Yeah, we're not going to go into it. The old nature wants to lash out; it wants to strike back at the first sign of threat or of danger. Um, the apostle Peter had a heart that was aflamed with for Jesus, but he was reactive. He was proud. He was immature. He was inconsistent. He was impulsive. He was stubborn. But beyond all of those things, Jesus saw past all of that. And he simply loved him and he's calling out who Peter is and he's praying for him. And even in his sound rebuke, he's doing it out of a place of love.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Um, I mean, God, he's so patient with it. Pete Scazzaro shares that Jesus patiently led Peter to his own internal crucifixion of his own self-will. I love that. You know, you're gonna to have to put your will on the cross. And is you you're gonna to have to put your own self determination on the cross so that you can genuinely move into resurrection life and power. You know, we've had that trite little saying is that resurrection power is on the other side of the cross. Like you've got to go through the cross in order to receive that. People and problems brought on by people's brokenness, can't be hurried along. They can't be pushed along by our anxiety to make it all right. Oh, no. And I think that's where I wanted to bring about um, where we started off with this message. Um, Loving surrender uh, to God and the deep changes uh, that take place in our lives and relationships, they take time, and it takes love. It takes love. Love conquers all. Uh, it's like leaven sown into the bread or seeds that are sown into a field. They take time to grow and to yield. So here's the, here's the question as we finish off here. Um, what about busyness? How busy are you guys these days? Some of you might be saying not busy enough. Um, but is it blocking you from listening and communing intimately with the living God?
1: I even think, too, we can be busy in doing nothing. Like, we can be busy in distraction, busy in games, busy in whatever.
0: But you do know that that, like, for guys, that's like our favorite spot. (laughs) That's our favorite thing that we do in life is, like, sometimes nothing.
1: (laughs) What are you doing in that box? Yeah,
0: what are we doing in that box, that nothing box? We like that nothing box sometimes, but...
1: Dave won't let me come in there with them
0: But listen, this isn't something that, that God guilt[s] us into, no. or pushes us into, or shoves us into. Uh, but He invites us into. And yeah. over these next uh, three weeks or so, we're going to be just we're going to be framing some messages around this whole uh, invitation from the Lord to to move in deeper into relationship with Him and to yeah. really truly be His followers. Uh, willing to take up that cross, yeah, to, to you know, to lay ourselves down, uh, to give of ourselves, and to follow Him. Sounds fun. Does that sound like fun?